Well, Carrie, thank you for coming. We are so glad that we're going to be able to talk to you today. And we've got so much to cover because you have a lot to share and it's all like really good stuff. And so we're really excited to have you here, like I said, and I wish we had hours and hours and, and we'll have to just do it again, I think, because we're not going to cover everything. But um, so the I've got some notes here about, uh, um, find my notes here real quick, and things I wanted to ask you about. First of all, um, the beginning of your journey, because you say that um, awareness began early in life. So first of all, we need to let's talk about like your life a little bit, like where you started and what does that mean? Like awareness and so obviously as a child, but you know, children, we, they are much more freer about what can be as mm -hmm. opposed to what, you know, maybe is. And, uh, that was really neat that you're able to tune into that as a child. So if you want to just share this a little bit about what that means, we'll start there. No, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously as an infant or a toddler, we don't really have vocabulary to describe our experiences. You know, we don't really have a, a frame of reference necessarily to compare and contrast to what adults experience in the world. But when I was, I don't know, two, three, four, I was aware of the music that is played. That in, in music is the only word that really fits the experience of lying in the grass and hearing the, the life of the grass and hearing the insects and watching all the insects sing to the grasses and the flowers and the grasses and the flowers sing back. This was more real to me than being told how to behave, right? Ah. Being, being uh, spoken to by humans took so much work because I had to figure out not only what they were trying to say, but also manage the feeling of the emotion that came with it and then reconcile whether or not the people were aware of the feelings because I would feel the feeling first, then the words would come, then try to understand, then try to figure out if I got it right or wrong, right? So I was operating that way cognitively, you know, when I was three and four years old. So that's, that's one way to say awareness began early. Um, my earliest memory actually was in infancy that, it, of course, you know, you don't have language. It was a pure awareness mm -hmm. of consciousness um, where the moment I realized that the hand floating in front of my face, this, this baby's hand was my hand. And oh. there, there was a, a recognition. I'm like, oh, that's my, I'm back. Yes, we did it. Oh my God, I know exactly what to do. I remember exactly what this is all about. And it was all a feeling, right? Because you don't have linear thought and language and association, but there is still that depth of in, uh, intuitive intellect. So that's what I mean by awareness early in life. <laughs> wow. Wow. Now, did so then animals played into that because they are the awareness is how animals survive. Well, you know, it's, right? it's, so. yeah, I'd say it's way more than that. You know, um, awareness is how animals live. Human, the, the idea of survival is a human creation. Life is not out there surviving, life is out there perpetuating, relating to itself, growing sharing, communicating with itself, harmonizing and reharmonizing with itself. Survival is a human concept 
that just sort of uh, gave people a way to um, uh, feel strength in their own actions and to be able to relate to one another from this perspective of I'm going to stay alive more than you. Right. Wow. Yeah. No, that we could solve so many things if we didn't look at it quite like that. I'm just saying, I don't know. Try it out. Don't take my word for it. Try it out. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So as a young child, Mm -hmm. um, when I was growing up, my mom would say like on summer nights, you could hear the corn grow. And I, and I love that because I've always felt that way. Like you can hear and feel, I mean, and not on the scale. I don't, I don't think I have it quite as you, but that awareness of the world around me as the natural world. Um, and I think that's why it's worked to be in the animal world the way I am, because um, I'm connected to them in the way that I am. I just want to be more connected. And all of us, all of us want to be more connected with the natural world, which animals are, I think, are our door our door to the natural world, because um, it's easier to communicate with a dog than a piece of grass, for instance, right? doesn't mean the grass is less valuable. It's just we're able to, at least the dog gives you some, you know, a clear signal back, perhaps. Well, yeah. It's uh, so a when dog you were growing is more up. relatable to humans than the grass is. It's easier to relate because uh, just because of the way dogs function on the planet, it's vastly different than grass. But yeah, but please go ahead. Yeah, but I still think we need the grass. So let's not get rid of that, you know? Right, right. So uh, my question then was, uh, so you're growing up. Mm -hmm. How did your parents or or whoever was taking care of you, how did they handle this child who may have been, let's see, I don't know quite your age because you you look very young. Um, But, you know, in their society, in their world, how did they handle this child that may have been perceived as a little different? Yeah, definitely perceived as different. Like, um, I was the wiggle fits. I was precocious. I would talk to anybody. And um, I remember hearing uh, regularly enough, Carrie, the dog is not talking to you. Carrie, oh. stop. Carrie, stop. Oh, that's, Carrie, that's stop. So sad. Carrie, stop. Mm-hmm. Carrie, stop. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's we don't need to make anybody wrong because like you said, you know, my parents grew up in the era that they did. They had the awareness that they did. And they were doing the best they could with what they had, right? And, right. you know, the truth is, is for, for me uniquely to um, stay awake to my gifts, the family I was born into was a profound, uh, a profound gift <clears throat> in that I was constantly given an example of something different than me. Mm. And it, oh, because I felt the animals and the natural world within me, I felt my own nature so strongly. I constantly had a comparison for my mind to go, wait a minute, that does not feel like this. And this feels real. So I'm going with what feels real. Right. So well, that it sounds pretty brave of you then to, to um, not conform. In that sense, you know? Yeah. Well, the truth is I tried desperately to conform. <laughs> and, well, and, and why not, right? Because you want to feel you secure. Know. So, Well, when, when you're constantly told, stop it, no, you're wrong. I knew I could. this couldn't be wrong, but I'll try it their way. I really wanted them to be right because it seemed really bad to be wrong. And mm. so 
Um, so I, like many of us who are very sensitive, um, I had the, the connection with my own nature, but it, there was a barrier that came in, um, that was never completely solid. It was, it was like this filter of what I can and can't express, but, uh, and so I tried to be normal. I tried to be a normal kid and I tried to be a normal teenager, but I was told that teenagers are all horrible and I didn't want to be horrible. So I had to reconcile that, you know, and, um, but always, always there was my innate connection. My, and, and again, it wasn't nature outside of me that I was feeling. It was my own nature that animals amplified within me. Ah, okay. 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 And that's, that's yeah, actually yeah. how the system works. When I feel connected with, with animals and the natural world, what I'm feeling is the nature resident within me and all of my brothers and sisters on the planet show up to amplify that by saying, well, here I am and there you mm-hmm. are. And okay, that's when this guy, the thinker can go, oh, that's what you're talking about, right? That recognition is actually one of the most um, simple and efficient and effective ways to expand our capacity to communicate with the natural world is recognize where it's already happening and it will expand all its all on its own. So then you're a child. So what was your first experience that you can that this connection with animals actually and what animals were they? Like what was was there like a moment or was it just a thing that you grew and always knew because it sounds like it was always there. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how, I guess, how did it manifest itself? How did you, mm-hmm. maybe you can just tell me something about that so I can understand. Sure, sure, sure. There wasn't really a moment. It was more like, um, as I grew into toddlerhood, the awareness became more linear. It became more cognizant. So, um, I remember distinctly, like I was saying, just lying in the grass with mm-hmm. the bees and the clover flowers and the insects. Yeah. And it was, it was music, but you have to be a certain age before your mind can cognitize music, right. As a thing, as a concept, mm-hmm. there were, um, I have other memories of our dog, Patty, um, lying on the ground next to the house in this really sunny spot. And I would just be moving my hands over the top of him. And I would know things are changing. I knew, I knew something was happening <clears throat> and he mm-hmm. loved it. He would like lay there and he would go, Oh yeah, come back up to my head. Okay. Now go down to my hips. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now late decades later, <laughs> I have the term energy work, right? Oh, okay. Energy. Right. Healing, right. Right. Yeah. Which is no, what, that- what that was. And that like knowing that when I move my hand, it's changing things in the universe. That just was as obvious as putting your hand in front of a light and it creates a shadow. It was, it was like no different. It's just, um, I had awareness of all those subtle realms way before I had vocabulary 
to talk about it with other people. Cool. And then All right. the apple trees, you know, I would go sit next to the apple trees and giggle. And I knew it was the apple trees like tickling me. And the words I had for it at the time were the apple trees are telling me jokes. So I said that to my parents. Like, why are you? They, they, they're worried. They get worried, right? Of like, course. Of course. Yeah. Like, Carrie, yeah, why are you sad. laughing so much? Well, the apple trees are telling me jokes. The apple trees are not telling you jokes. Huh. So, yeah. you know, so it's... Um, it it's having it, to me and the reason why i do the work i do now is helping people relate to their natural systems differently than what we've been taught find your own relationship with where this kind of nonlinear information is already offered to you through your own systems right and mm -hmm. whether or not you can put words to it just recognize it first and the words will come i think intuitively i've always understood that that touch touch with animals is really really important and um how i know them is through touching them mm -hmm. uh so i understand that and the same thing with like it's okay, as a rational adult, right, that is not in aware as I could be, we have a really old oak tree. We only have two oak trees on our 40 acres. The rest is all maples and things like that. But this really old oak tree down in a valley part of the farm. And I tell you, when I go down there, I know that tree. And I don't know how to explain how I know that tree, but that tree, and I think, remember that book? The, it's, I can't remember the title, but the trees talk to, it's a book about how trees talk to each other. And oh, I'm, yeah, yeah. I should have looked it up. You know, but the trees talk to each other. I, I'm, I'm of the mind like, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Why wouldn't they, you yeah. know? So I um, would like to be more, more aware, but um, so I get it. I guess I should just say it like that. I get it. Yeah. And then how touching animals and being with animals is a form of healing for the animal and for ourselves, because uh, maybe it completes that circle that we're supposed mm -hmm. to be in. This is why the same reason, like when you walk in the water, like you walk on a shoreline and your feet are touching the shoreline and the water, it's like completing a circle. Why does it make us feel good? Why do human beings normally like that feeling, right? Yeah. Um, or any number of things that happen in the natural world. Uh, so I think you're, you're right on. It's just we're not awake, maybe well, a lot of us. You know, and the thing of it is, is the way society's been organized it, it completely prioritizes linear thinking, like hunt and hunt and get thinking, problem solving mm -hmm. thinking. And if being good in society and being intelligent means you solve problems well, then you're going to look for problems to solve so you can be good at it. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Yes. Right. Right. Uh, uh, borrowing trouble, as it were. Right. You know? But nature, yeah. nature is not problem solving. Nature is recognizing a disharmony, if there is one, and there's always a greater harmony that's going to bring it all right back into a fluid expression. It's non-linear. So when you're touching animals, that's a non-linear relationship. That's not saying, I feed you, therefore you owe me love. It's not oh, okay. saying... Yeah. I keep you, therefore you perform when I want to. Or it's also not saying your body needs healing, therefore I will heal you. 
Okay. That's, Mm -hmm. that's linear thinking that humans, you know, are kind of addicted to, frankly. But what happens in communication and healing is actually nonlinear. When I, when I touch or when I listen deeply, or if I share my heart, the basic communication is here I am. So give us, can you give us an example of say, um, you're going to like, for, for gonna, you're going to talk to a dog or a horse or a cat, we'll just start with some domestics, whichever you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. How does that work? When you say like, I, I communicate, I open my heart, mm-hmm. um, uh, for the, for the, for us that aren't caught up yet, and we're still learning, how does that work? So um, the step-by-step would be something like this. And I'm thinking about a horse I met at an auction. It's a story that's in the book, actually, in Listen Like a Horse. Okay. And uh, great. he was uh, just, you know, he'd been through lots of different versions of hell in my personal assessment. And so um, he, this horse already knew one kind of relationship with humans, which was not so good for him. And here I knew I was there to get him out of that situation, but I'm showing up like a human. And Mm -hmm. he has every right to expect that I would come at him with ropes and whips and scariness. So, Mm -hmm. of course, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm not going to come at him with ropes and whips and scariness. And I have to find a way to let him know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here's here was kind of the step by step. Uh, the first thing I did before I even stepped into the paddock with him is I took stock of my own feels. Okay. I had anxiety. My my tummy was a little bit tense. My mind was aware that there were cowboys all over the place with their ropes waiting for me to die because. They told me that this horse tried to kill six of them and Mm. I was clearly going to fail. So I had that in my, my head to address, right? So Mm -hmm. the, the first step in offering communication and that's important. I, I start out by offering communication rather than trying to get communication from an animal. Ah, okay. So um, for instance, when somebody's meeting a new dog, instead of just glomming onto the poor dog and not giving him a chance to, it's, it's more of like, I'm standing here and I'm aware of you and you're aware of me and I'll let you approach if you want to. That's, I mean, that that's is, as a dog person. That's how I would think of it. Yep. That's a beginning. So for me, it was before acknowledging he's aware of me, I told him I'm aware of myself. I'm okay. aware there's anxiety. So you kind of like. And, and then you worked through the, you had a, did you let go of the anxiety about what was happening around you? Or did you just, did you just go like, no, I'm going to feel it. I'm going to work through it. I'm just feeling it. Here I am. I mean, how did, how did you handle that part? I'm just feeling it. And here I am. I just want to okay. let you know, this part is me. Simple. It was very simple and clean. Extremely simple. simple. It's acknowledging what is. Okay. And when mm-hmm. I acknowledge what I'm feeling, that absolutely gives the animal a clear lens for what I'm bringing to the show, right? Now, what I didn't do is go into a whole psychological healing, I have to handle this before I I can go touch the animal. 
Ah, because we'd be doing that endlessly (laughs) in a way, right? And that's what keeps us in our head, trying to solve the problem before we communicate as if I am a problem. And the animals don't see us as a problem. The animals go, who are you? What, what do you, what is it? What are you bringing? Okay. So even though I'm aware there's uh, anxiety, there's thoughts about, and yeah, for, Mm -hmm. for a second or so, there were thoughts about what are these people going to think about me? But then I reorganize and, and I ask myself, why am I here? What am I actually here for? I'm here to help this horse get out of this situation. I'm here to do it in a way where uh, he doesn't get hurt and I don't get hurt. And we're going to end up at a five acre pasture with two foot tall grass. That's why I'm here. Okay, so so just so I'm clear, the first part of helping this horse that had been through a lot, was in the auction pen, however, was... uh, being aware of yourself and accepting what you were feeling instead of trying to like, I got to be work through all this and just present myself this way. You were just being honest. Exactly. You were just being honest about how you were feeling at that moment. Because uh, from what I understand and I'm learning through my own experience, horses can see right through bravado. They can see right through a false, when your brain's not matching your body, they see it better than humans do. Yeah. So we may as well, sounds like you may as well just go, okay, here's what I'm dealing with. Here I am. That's exactly it. Because, okay. you know, that horse has so much wisdom and knowledge and experience already. I'm just going to let him make his own decision what I'm about. I'm not going to okay. try to convince him I'm here to help you. Right. Okay. All right. That, right? Yeah. Because that's a whole nother. Now we're demanding something right away. Exactly. So Which is taking cool. rather yeah. than offering. Even though it's from a good place, we're coming from a good place, it's still demanding something. So then what happens next? What would be the next thing? So the next thing is um, I had a halter slung on my shoulder. I didn't, I'm not going to hide it from him. It was how many ways can I continue to be honest about the plan? I love that you said that because it's exactly what it is. So I walked into the paddock and through self-awareness, and again, this is where I have my particular set of gifts. I was aware, I'm, I'm aware of what it feels like in my own body. Mm-hmm. to hide nothing. Uh, you could and use as human the- beings, we are experts at hiding. This is how we live. <laughs> well, so. Again, that goes back to survival. That's all a hundred percent about judgment and survival. And let's not make it bad. It's just one way to go. There are other options and the other ways uh, that are not about hiding and deception we call vulnerability, right? So I walk in to the paddock and I have the halter. He sees it. I'm not going to try to pretend I don't have it. And I mm-hmm. went in there and I literally, I stood about 15 feet from him, letting him decide for himself what I was about. And I, this is where I use techniques of communication, where you have images of our next journey together, of this horse walking with me out of the paddock out and through the barn to the trailer, riding in a trailer to a pasture, a five acre pasture with two foot tall grass. I shared all of that with him, but. Okay. Okay. So when you say that you're sharing it, you are visualizing these things happening and he's able to pick up on that because, um, we'll just explain why is he able to pick up on that. So if you're 
what would we call it? Visualizing, manifesting, imagining, you know. I would um, call it using using the imagination to uh-huh. tell the truth. Using the tool of imagination. Okay. Because that's yep. that a lot of people worry. They go, Well, I don't know if I'm just imagining that. Well, you are. It's a tool we call imagination. It's part of your innate system. It doesn't mean you're making it up. It means you're using your imagination to generate imagery and connections and feels and um, and movement. Okay. Right. Because you can't hand him a note, a written piece of paper and says, I expect these things to happen. You have to be able to communicate with him in a way that he, because the, if he can feel your intention in this positive way, because mm-hmm. it's intention and imagination, because if your intention is also tied up in that. Yes. Well, absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, in a good way, in a good way. Well, we don't even have to call it good or bad. Oh, okay. Good. See, help me. This is good. (laughs) It's how it works. It's just how it works. Let's use a different term. Let's call it daydreaming, right? Okay. When we daydream. Guilty, guilty of that. (laughs) Okay. When when we daydream, we often daydream about things that like we would love to have or what would feel good. Okay. And so we can use that part of our imagination, daydream. And we can notice a change in our body when we go, oh, yeah, the Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But we, mm-hmm. we can all notice something changes in our body. This is the same approach. It is one way to approach animal communication. You, I it, call it daydreamed with him. What's the next, what the plan is. What the okay. plan is. And as I do, it changes how I feel in my body. I experienced a sense of relief, of us walking together, of us stepping into the trailer, of me, you know, what it's like to hop off the trailer, have a bath, his skin feels better, all the things. Call it daydreaming. It's using the tool of imagination that actually uh, we can feel our own body respond. Now, here's how... Other individuals, whether they're horses, dogs, or snails, can relate to my daydream. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you this little side note. Have you ever walked up to a friend and asked, how are you doing? And the friend says, oh, I'm fine. But you know, full on, they're sad and holding back tears, even though they're smiling and saying fine, right? Exactly. Incongruent. How do you know? How, what tells you that like they're they're perfect all the yeah. body, all the body clues, all the body language says I'm I'm great, I'm doing great, but you have a sense that there's sadness. How does yeah. that work? Well, cuz it comes off in waves, doesn't it? Exactly. Come off in waves, and especially if you're close to the person, a child, your child, your spouse or your person you're with, comes off in waves. You know, you know as as women quite often we'll just go fine fine. But smart men go, she is not fine. <laughs> you know? so, okay. Just throwing it out there. You know what I mean? Like we'll, we not, I'm not, shouldn't paint a brush all women, but you know, if I say to my husband, for instance, 40 years been married, right? If I say, no, it's fine. I'm fine. He knows we better dig a little into this because sure. I'm not being, my words aren't matching what he's exactly. getting from me. So I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Okay. And I love yeah. that you said it comes off in waves. Absolutely. That's how I pick it up anyway. Exactly. It's the movement of the the vibration 
of the feeling. So here's me standing with this little horse, Mm -hmm. daydreaming, if you will, to tell him, yeah, this is what I would love for us to do. Changes the ambiance of my body and my body shares these waves that feel like this and riding on those waves Mm -hmm. is other information we might call pictures, senses, Okay. okay. To me, I would call that the waves of the heart. It is the purity of what I am sharing. Here I am. This is what's true for me. I'm going to feel it. And as I, act, if, as I feel it, without prejudging that the horse might not believe, this is the hard part for humans. I'm not going to mm-hmm. prejudge that I'm doing it well that he's getting it. He's not getting it. I'm simply sharing. Here's me. Okay. If you want to come with me, this is what's going to need to happen. The halter and we walk together and we get in the trailer, but this is what I have to offer. So it's all an inside job, right? Mm -hmm. With a willingness to act, to act congruently with what I was just daydreaming into reality. Exactly. I'm curious, is this the same thing when you meet someone for the first time? You know, it's just a stranger first time in a, in a safe environment. You're not afraid of them, whatever. And uh, you start talking to them and you get this feeling that you've known them forever in the sense that you are instantly comfortable because they are what we would call in authentic. Like there's, they're just, they are what they are. Mm-hmm. And you feel safe with that. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel safe because you can you can talk to them and you don't feel like they're going to come back and go no no judging you know whatever it doesn't feel that way it feels safe are you talk is this the same thing that you're offering the horse that in uh, and we can go on to the next step but what I understand is that you've you've sent the imagery and waves of uh, positive you know things happening and you're completely honest about it you're not looking for an outcome at this point you're just here's what I'd like if this works for you great you know. Yeah. Um, but it gives the horse a feeling of, or the dog or whatever animal, child, whatever, safety in a sense. Like this person doesn't have an agenda. I can breathe. Mm, I, I, love, I, you know. I love that. See, to me, what you just described, you actually just proved the fact that we're, we're not meant to live in defense and survival, right? You, what you just said proves that our natural state is beyond defense and survival, So when I show up with no offense, no defense, and simply a plan that feels like this and an invitation, then we can all just go, okay, breathe. (laughs) We can breathe. Okay. So what happened? I mean, we're all curious now. So you're standing there with the horse. He's he's thinking about you. I have this picture in my head. I have rescue mares myself that have been through auctions. And so I, I understand exactly you know what you're coming what you're talking about where they've been through stuff and may not trust humans what happens next so i stepped what happened yeah i stepped out of the paddock to give him a few minutes by himself to just think about it feel himself process you know um and had my friend drive the trailer around and had a couple cowboys tell me i'm about to die and they'll rope him for me when whenever i'm ready all that help (laughs) thank you you know um so i just gave him a few minutes and then the whole time i my priority was feeling my own 
embody my own presence because that's where I am available to intuitive information. I can process information. I can think about things, but really I want my thinking to serve my intuition rather than my thinking controlling things and saying, well, I can't listen to my intuition right now because I might not be safe. You're actually much safer when you start with connection. You're way Mm -hmm. safer in any situation. Of course, you have to use wisdom. You're not going to go in with a fractious stallion just because of intuition. There's wisdom in how we function with this stuff, right? But, um, But generally, you are an instrument of creating safety when when I, as the human, organize myself first to offer connection rather than try to get it. Okay, so I step out for a few minutes and then Mm -hmm. I can just feel, okay, here we go. And that feeling is not just me. That feeling was also him because we're doing this as a co-creation, right? So I'm feeling me connected with him. I just told him what Mm -hmm. I'm about and I feel this time for the next move. So okay. um, trailer's in place and I walk in and I stand about 10 feet from him and mm-hmm. take the, sh- the halter off my shoulder and I show it to him and I just, I'm going to need to ask you to wear this. And I just stand and let him decide for himself whether I'm being honest. That's there you a go. feeling. That's mm-hmm. a feeling, right? Now, a lot of people, if they try to find the feeling with their head, it's not going to happen because the mind it is not a feeling instrument. The body is the feeling instrument. So mind needs to watch the body and the body will go, oh, okay. So that, that breath came and mm-hmm. now it was time for me to prove I was honest and actually let my physical action match the daydream I showed him. Okay. Now, for the average person, uh, that's probably hard. I mean, unless you practice or like get, you know, I don't know. I I feel like my brain would be going, but he could turn his butt and kick me any second. Or he could, you know, I I feel like my brain would be warning me, you know, like I wouldn't be present, you know, enough. Yeah, for sure. And again, that's because the brain has been conditioned for survival rather than connection, right? And it right. does take cultivation. It help. This is why I do the work I do now to help the mind cultivate itself in service to the heart. Okay. Doesn't okay. ever deny the warning signals. It doesn't, you don't no, ever deny want to get hurt. Yeah. that. But you, you start functioning so that this guy goes, wait a minute, he could kick. So where do we put ourselves so we're all safe? Which okay. is different than make him not kick. Right. Right. We're, okay. We're so okay. you offered him the halter, you asked him and then what so happened? So I showed him the halter and just stood still, still didn't move my feet. And, um, a couple minutes later, he just exhaled, blinked and gave me his ear. That mm-hmm. was him saying, okay. So that's when I got to step into our shared daydream. I literally just relaxed and this, I mean, if you want to distill it down to one word, relax. Okay. I relaxed my muscles. I relaxed my body and just walked up and put a halter on a horse. I didn't give it any more significance than that. Time to put the halter on the horse. He stood stock still. He didn't move a foot. He didn't move a muscle. 
put it on like we've done it a hundred thousand times before, turned wow. and walked toward the gate, zero pressure on the rope. He just turned and followed me out the gate and up the alleyway through the scary sales barn. Right. One, at one point he got scared and startled. And when he did, my job was to just relax, share again with him, this is what we're doing. I am here. This is what we're doing. I am here. This is what we're doing. We're walking. We're walking. We're walking. No pressure. No, no fear. Just plan. Here we go. Here we go. And it's a feeling of movement. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, it takes cultivation, but it, you, what, you, what you're cultivating is something that's already innate when you have the ability to communicate with the language of senses. That's, it's, it's a simple way so to talk we're, about it. We're all capable. It's just awareness again, going exactly. back to awareness and, and then exactly. practice. Yep. You know? And, you know, just like not everybody's going to learn French in a weekend, everybody's <laughs> going to have their own learning curve, you know? And it's all good. It's okay. It's okay. What matters is having a heart to go in that direction, you know? There you go. Yeah, no, I love that. So then you walked down the aisle, you got closer to the trailer, and then what happened? Uh, He actually went behind me, stepped up next to me. It was beyond anything I could have expected. And we walked side by side into the trailer with zero pressure. Um, There were six cowboys sitting on the fence watching this. Oh, yeah, yeah. He put his head down, started munching gave me his ear again. He said, okay, I got it. So all I remember is silence. From there, I stepped out of the trailer, closed the door, walked around, got in the truck and drove away and um, took him to the the five acre pasture. And it was literally um, a profound healing. Everything that the auction was, was left at the auction. When he got there, it just like, come on, buddy. And it was all telepathy from there, honestly. Like he stood for a bath. He uh, stood for having all of his wounds tended to his body healed faster than it should have, you know, because um, that level, that kind of communication that I don't don't want to say level, I'll say purity of communication is actually uh, synonymous with healing. It is helping everybody remember who they really are. And animals are generally uh, quite a, quite ready to remember that and let their body change when they're in a different presence, right? Humans hold on to who I think I am, but it couldn't be that easy and it's not that simple and it's okay. We, we, that's why we do the work we do so we can address all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but animals um, are in, in general uh, oh, very no, happy. You, you are... You were right on about that. Um, just a, a brief, quick story. Uh, I am an animal. I train animal actors. You know, I've done that for a long time. So for you know, ads and print ads and commercials and things like that. So um, work with dogs and cats and things like that. And um, I had a good, good friend who had a toller, a Nova Scotia duck tolling retriever. Um, great, great dogs, fun dog. Dog worked a lot as a model. Loved being a model. But his other job with his owner and trainer, that what he wanted him to do was to be this top-notch obedience dog in the obedience ring. So it was um, the formal obedience where it's, it's, it, you know, it's great sport. People have a lot of fun. Dogs seem to enjoy it, you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, one time he came to me and he's he, with the dog who loves to model and loved me. It was fine. He came to me and he said, you know, uh, my dog, he's just, 
not doing what I want in the obedience ring. And the owner's disappointment in this dog came off, like I said, in waves, you know, like, like didn't look at what a great model he was, didn't look at how much, what a good house dog and family companion he was, you know, is that no, he failed at this one thing I wanted him, I, the owner wanted him to do. And uh, the dog felt it. And so when we're trying to do the modeling, I could feel the sadness come off the dog. And I thought, what is, what am I feeling? You know, and I said to him, you know, I love you and I love your dog, but you need to like, let this go. If this isn't what this world is for him, find something else you guys both do together and enjoy. And you, cause this is making your dog sad. And he felt bad. I mean, he didn't know that it was, but it was making, I can, can you know, dogs can be sad. I believe it. I think he was sad that he felt the owner's disappointment yeah. coming off of him. Yeah. Right. So uh, later on, I saw him later and dog was happy. Owner was happy. What's going on? Oh, we started doing rally, which is a more casual form of obedience, I guess. Rally is a little, I don't, maybe I'm not really sure because I don't do it. And then dock diving, which is where they jump off a dock oh. and grab a, grab a, a, you know, a dummy as they jump and whatever. It's a big, fun, fun sport. Dog loved that. I mean, he's a toller. He's a water dog. So yeah. dog was happy. Owner was happy. Um, I'm really glad I had the relationship that he was open to me saying, I think your dog is sad and you're pushing, you know, because you see that with people and their kids, kids feel when, when parents or adults are disappointed in them. And I think it crushes them, sure. you know, uh, we need to build on what they do and are the good positive things instead of pointing out all the negative things. And animals are the same way. I yeah. feel like yeah. we couldn't Absolutely. do our training for, for the modeling. We couldn't do it if it wasn't positive and fun. I mean, who wants a sad animal performing? We won't do that. We won't use them if they're unhappy. Yeah. So same thing. We should give horses that same benefit of the doubt. You know? Oh, my goodness. That's what absolutely. you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, I love that this conversation is happening in so many different ways in the horse world and the dog world and, and even yes. in the human world, you know, like that disappointment that feeling of disappointment is actually crushing the adult. It's just that the adult has used the the thinker to learn mm -hmm. how to survive that crushing feeling. And animals and children don't have the calluses that human society finds normal, right? Right. We're right. not designed to live calloused. We're designed to live open, feeling each other, having a conversation through our empathic sense. Just because, I mean, that's the first mode of communication we have as infants is how it feels before the Exactly. Yeah. Because they can't articulate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's like where we're learning more and more about toxic shame and how that affects us as adults mm -hmm. and being more aware, you know, so that's a good path to be aware and learn and try to get out from under that, that weight of toxic shame or pass it on to the people we are caring for, yeah. you know? So yeah. Uh, the same, same thing at this. Yeah. So it affected, it affects dogs and horses and everything else, not just uh, people. Hamsters and daisies and fish, because it just like the sun is mm -hmm. this light that affects all of life. All these frequencies move through and affect life. Now here's a, here's the kicker. If we're judging that that's bad. Mm-hmm we hobble ourselves and make ourselves far less available to shift it, to change it, to transcend it. The one thing that keeps all of the difficulties in place is the judgment that it 
Right. Is we good push or it bad. all. It yeah. just like goes this is a bad feeling. I'm, it's a bad feeling. I'm going to push it down and not feel it, and that makes us sick. Because I've decided it's bad. When instead, right, which is a judgment. See, it gets yeah. very simple. Like there's there's very simple ways to approach these things. You know, there's infinite complexity in the mix, but the way that we, there is a very, very simple way that we can approach it and address it with gentleness and kindness so that, you know, it's again, a different journey for everybody, but with simplicity and grace and kindness and an open heart, we can let all of those tangles come into the light so that they can resolve and then I can have more access to my innate nature. Which would be good for all of us to be have more grace, be more kind, less judgment, all those pieces that uh, make living together a lot easier with our each other and our animals. So Absolutely. You're, you're spot on there. So of all these things you're telling me about how uh, it worked out with that horse in the, in the uh, rescue pen, um, I have uh, three little Morgan mares I picked up from Montana last fall. And um, they uh, two long yearlings who are now like coming to, and then a four-year-old. And the two long yearlings, oh my, the communication's been great. We're having a blast. I mean, they're sponges. And uh, they were raised in a large herd, so they weren't handled every day at all. Uh, but they weren't mishandled either. So they just lived kind of this happy horse life, you know, taken care of, but not having a lot of human interaction every single day, haltering, things like that. They've come along great. But the four-year-old who said more time, she wasn't feral, but, you know, being out in this herd of 60 horses, mares and foals, uh, much more defensive. And it took weeks and weeks to be able to catch her with her agreeing, her wanting to be with us. Weeks and weeks to be able to walk around her without her turning her hind end like she was going to kick lifting her leg. Uh, letting her know she was safe. I still feel like we haven't got to the point where she feels safe with me enough to let down her defenses. And then I am aware that I don't feel safe with her. And I think that comes off and I need to work on like, and I, I've gotten where I can sort of touch her front feet. Um, but I can't get her, like if I reach with anything towards her back feet, no matter how I'm reading her body language, like watching for an ear, watching for breath, watching, you know, watching the body, she kicks out like anything goes near the back feet. Um, I had heard from the person, I, the breeder, that he'd had a trainer there for a while when she was young. He wasn't aware because he has so many horses, but he said he fancied himself a roper. Now, that's all he ever said about it. I don't know what happened. I had these visions that was she thrown and roped and, you know, I mean, roping's not bad in itself, but thrown and roped and like held down, something terrifying about some experience, or is she just an extremely defensive, you know, I don't know. And uh, it makes me kind of go like, I should just send her back to the breeder. Like, I'm not the one capable of being safe around her because I can't feel safe. So in that case, you know, since, um, since I got you here, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, like, how would you approach getting myself right in the place where I can help this mare feel safe? Because I just think that's what it is. She's not a bad horse. There's no judgment. I just feel like she doesn't feel safe. Mm, yeah. I love that you recognize that you don't feel safe. So my first question is, um, again, let's go to daydream land. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you put yourself in, like you create this daydream where at some point 
you guys are just like, holy smokes, that was easy. Mm -hmm. And it's the feeling of holding a front foot and being like, oh my God, this is so cool. Thank you. And then holding a back foot and going, oh my God, this is so cool. Thank you. Because she'd feel that. She would feel Can that. Can you create? Well, let's not worry about her for a second. Oh, okay. Let's okay. let See her the, be scared. You see that linear thinking come in? That linear brain came in and went. Mm -hmm. nah, nah, nah. <laughs> because, yeah, because like you said, you don't yet know what safe feels like. Okay. So we get to create. What is it I want to share with her? So okay. uh, I'll tell you another quick story about Miles, who was a 21-year-old burrow who had been hogtied, thrown on the ground, given three shots just to do his feet. And so, of course, you couldn't get near him with a rope or a halter. Right. Mm -hmm. And here I, I just took this new job managing this place and was introduced to Miles. So not for a second did I try to tell him I'm going to help him. What I told him was mm -hmm. how excited I am and how cool it's going to feel when we finally take care of those feet. You let me know when you're ready. Wow, so a whole paradigm shift, a, a, a whole paradigm shift. I love exactly. that. Right? Okay. Because what that means is I know I have the skill to do it. I know I'm willing. I know I want it to be safe for both of us. Duh. Right. I, I'm not mm -hmm. going to go in trying to prove to Miles that he's safe because what does that do? Ugh, you know, nobody's safe there. So right. what I did was look at what am I wanting to offer, right? So for this mayor, if it were me, the first thing I would start with is thank you for telling me how you feel about this. Okay. Before I try to tell her I'm going to change her. Okay. Accepting her just where she's at. Accepting at that what is, it's not even accepting her. It's accepting what is. What this is. is okay. Okay. Very good. Now, oh, this is how I feel about holding your foot and using this pick to make sure your feet feel good. Oh yeah. That's how I feel about that. You let me know when you're ready. And then what I'm going to do is turn and walk away. Wow. Okay. Feeling this. So every Keep time I think okay. about her feet, I'm creating this wave. Right. Because I feel it when other animals or people do it to me. So yep. it obviously must go the other direction. It must come off of me. I'm just not aware. Yeah. That's how life is designed. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so... Okay. Yeah, it's it's about it. Animal communication and human communication really does uh, settle into self awareness, and it, just because that's how it's designed, you know, it, it, we have this amazing structure that's designed to integrate both linear and nonlinear information. And but does this tie? Does this tie into what you said, um, which a perpetual reminder to stay awakened? to the creator consciousness. I wanted to ask you about that. Is that what you're talking about in a sense? Perpetual reminder to stay uh, awoken to the creator consciousness. Uh, thanks for asking about that. So yes, absolutely. When I am sharing with her, with this mirror, how, mm -hmm. how it would feel to me 
like, I am so excited to hold your foot and to check out the bottom of it and make sure everything looks good and healthy. Oh my God, I love that. That system of daydream, feel, share is creation. It's beyond manifesting. I'm actually Ah. creating a space where I might experience that or something better. Okay. I love that. And so that's one way to talk about staying uh, aware of and connected with creator consciousness. It is a level of consciousness that remembers my ability to create. Okay. I, wow. <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'll probably be watching this podcast just so I can like, <laughs> take it all back in again, because it's just so much good information. Okay. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about that we, we got from when we were doing our research is um, you have experienced several near death and expanded consciousness events, each of which reminded you of the dynamic power of living from the heart for the heart. Okay. So when we hear near death, of course that gets our attention. And then the dynamic power, which you spoke of a little bit earlier, the dynamic power of living from the heart for the heart. So if, if we would love to, I would love to have you expand on a, what with the near death experiences? Cause I believe that uh, people, I think they exist, they happen. And I, I believe that cause I don't put limits on the universe. Um, I'm a big heaven person. And so I just don't put limits on the universe. I'm just going to be open to love. Yeah. Cross the board, right? Yeah. So I want to hear about that. And then which reminded you of the dynamic power of living from the heart for the heart. That yeah. phrase yeah. from the heart for the heart. That's really beautiful. No, oh, thank you. Thank you. Um the first one that comes to mind was uh when I was eleven mm-hmm. and there was just a lot of emotional confusion in my house. And I remember very, very clearly standing in the foyer and my dad was really upset because he um, was, he was telling me that I had lied about something Mm. Mm. and I knew I hadn't, I knew I had said the truth, but he didn't understand it. And I didn't know how to say it differently in a way that he would accept. And so I just remember all of this, all these waves of crushing Mm -hmm. pressure, right? Oh, yeah. And it, it sent me to a place, to my creator consciousness, to the place of consciousness so deep within me, the translation would be like, I, I can't handle this. I need something else. Either tell me what's true or get me out of here. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, to me, this is, was like a near-death experience in that I was happy to let go of the body because I cannot live like that. I need something else. And, and what I went, uh, what presented for me was this huge, expansive feeling. It it was like being in a column of light. And I just was demanding to know what's true. If he's telling me I lied and I didn't, but he won't accept that I'm telling the truth and he's the one that's upset, but he's telling me it's my, it was so confusing. I just wanted to know what the truth, what, what is true here? And mm-hmm. uh, the response was feeling in this presence of a, a column of light. And it was like uh, having heaven, if you will, having the universe, all of consciousness speak to me in wow. a voice as clear as yours saying, thank you. Thank you for asking pay attention to how you're learning this. So one day you can teach people. 
And huh. what came? Uh, yeah. Wow. At the, eleven. At yeah. eleven, what came was a, a a way that I could understand what the heck those words meant, and what it was was pay attention to what this feels like, how these things relate to each other, and how to navigate it, mm-hmm. which gave me a framework to entertain that what's going on outside of me isn't about me. So that was the the first thing that took me straight to what we can call the heart. Yeah. Where there is no judgment. It's just see it for what it is. Watch, pay attention, pay attention to how you're watching, pay attention to how you pay attention. Watch, watch. Okay. So that was the first one. Wow. Uh, Okay. When I was 22, (laughs) it was another emotional kerfuffle. Mm -hmm. And um, again, just feeling complete, like my psyche was completely broken. And I just, I did not know. I thought I was doing a great job and paying attention and doing what I, you know, was taught so that I could teach people, but nobody wanted to hear what I was Mm -hmm. saying. And nobody seemed to want to or be able to help or even hear me at all. And so Mm. I had another emotional fracture where I laid down in bed and it looked like 17 different portals opened. And each, each portal was an example of I could go this direction. I could choose this journey. I could choose this journey. And it went all the way from just pure light to various flavors of light and darkness all the way to dense and dark. And at the time I remember, I was still very hard on myself. And I remember having the thought, well, there still seems to be nobody around me who knows that life can be beautiful and easy. So maybe I miss something and I'll try it their way again. I'll try it the hard way again. And I went straight to the darkest portal. Right. Because it's not how how you were living before or the way that felt the best. No. And I didn't honestly feel worthy of anything more than the darkest, hardest journey. A lot of people, a lot of people and young people are really stuck there still. Yeah. Like, and that's so sad because they feel they have no value or worth, mm-hmm. you know, the, the young people that I've worked with and stuff, especially if they've had um, adverse childhood experiences and trauma, which in some form, we all have had trauma, they're stuck. It's like yeah. they don't, they can't see that it can be better, you know, and so that must have been a very dark and scary time for you. Extremely. And, and I think you're spot on, you know, um, there are other perspectives and other options out there for a different way to live. But um, a lot of us are working through the dark forest, you know, and it's it's sometimes really hard to see that a lighter option is actually an option, right? So two years, two years after that, um, Mm -hmm. it was, again, for me, my journey has been all on the emotional realms. Um, there was another instance where I asked somebody who was being mean to me, somebody close to me, mm-hmm. um, if they cared enough about me to change the way they talked to me. And they said, I don't know. And I said, well, you have to leave then. And that was the most I had stood up for myself my whole life. And I said, yeah, it with I, I, 
yeah, about that much force and like, okay, but you, then you have to leave. Right. Um, but mm-hmm. that, that put me in a place where I went back to that creator essence, that, that column of light. And I mm-hmm. said, I'm done. People don't want kindness. I'm tired. I don't know what to do differently. I'm leaving. And so I, mm-hmm. I literally laid down and stopped eating, stopped participating in life and just wow. um, laid down to leave. And it's, it, it is an option. <laughs> and, um, took myself all the way to a choice point, right? All the way to mm-hmm. this, this black void. People call it the void, um, mm-hmm. but it's black, not because it's empty. It's black because it's everything. All the colors, oh. every every frequency, every color. Right. Yeah, that's so true. It, color theory, yeah. Exactly. So it was like total relief. And I'm like, oh, I remember this place. I know this place. And because I was released, not fully released from the body, but I I was right at that choice point. And there was this amazing little candle and it was lit like a vanilla votive candle surrounded in the most beautiful opalescence, like this iridescence. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And these two beings, no bodies, nobody had a body. We were just essences connecting and they came and they're like hello we're so happy to see you there you are and it was like the the sweetest reunion so much love nothing held back nothing physical Mm -hmm. and in this reunion they asked you know we know why you're here okay and if you're ready to blow out the flame just blow the love is the same no matter what choice you make but before you do Will you let us remind you why you got a, why you picked up a body in the first place? So I'm like, yes, remind me. And, and that went through, you can call it um, life reviews, but it was more like going back to the beginning of physical reality and being reminded what this is all about, what okay. communication is, what connection is, what love is, why physical why are humans so weird and why why do people like to kill things so much and why humanity this and why humanity that all the mm-hmm. way all the way up to why this family why these uh sequences of events and circumstances why yeah yeah all the way to teasing me relentlessly like with the greatest love teasing me like look at all that's going on here look at how how powerful your presence is look at how important every single living creature is on the planet. And you wanted to die because a boy doesn't like you. And they were like completely teasing me, making it so much love to point out how seriously humanity takes itself when really we're designed to live in love. So no, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I, when I work with my young people, um, one of the first things I want to get across to them is, is you have value because they feel no value. I say you have value and you have worth, which are kind of two different things because value is like um, self, you, you know, just you're here, the value, your creation, right? And then worth because the value you bring to other people because of the gifts and the love that you share. You have value, you have worth, and you are loved. And I really try to like pound that in and help them assimilate that message and, you know, remind ourselves of that message because I feel those three things are, and you're saying love again is the whole thing that saved you, you know, and, and, um, being a big heaven person, I feel like 
the creator's love, right? So I kind of like everything, there's all connected in yeah. love. So cool. I'd, I'd say, yeah, I'd say it reminded me because there's no saving. Nobody needs saving. We're all here tootling through and figuring it out, right? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Okay. Wow. All right. So now we've, we've come to the time in the podcast. Now, if you were physically here, because you're not, and I wish you were, but if you're physically here, we would, we would have like, a, you know, it'd be break time. And today's tree is scones. Okay. So oh my God. Um, <laughs> uh, I have to feed my crew when we're done. We all work on our stomachs, you know? So sometimes it's pie, sometimes whatever I happen to have, you know, going, because I'm a nurturer. It'd be like, Carrie, I want to feed you. you know? so, <laughs> so, but that means that when we bring out the treats, it means that we're going to go on to the, the question part of the interview. I mean, we've asked a lot of questions, but this is one of my favorite parts because I borrowed this uh, from Warwick Schiller, who uh, is a really famous um, horse uh, person that is helping revolutionize how horse people view horses and working with horses and and you are connected to that whole community um like dr susan fay and mary corning who we interviewed a couple of weeks ago who was you know wonderful and more people like that anyway he does this beautiful podcast you should all go find it carrie's been on it um and, and listen to his podcast about uh not about horses so much but more about people's journeys in in life so it's pretty cool anyway he asked these he asked the guest to uh, what questions they would like. And he based his questions from Tim Ferriss's book, The Tribe of Mentors. So you picked out, um, out of these 18 questions, you picked out five of them and we can just go over them um, pretty quickly. But so the questions that you picked, um, if you could send a message to the world, what would that be? Or do you have a favorite quote and why? Mm. Yeah. Uh, so what I would say it comes down to the best piece of advice that I was ever offered. And that mm -hmm. is slow and easy. It's okay. Oh, that's beautiful. Slow and easy. It's okay. Yeah. That, that in inherently makes you think of breathing, you know, like, you know, which is how we reset and animals reset and nature resets. <laughs> so that's beautiful. Okay. Uh, what is the most valuable thing that you have put your time into that has changed the course of your life? Hmm. Um, the commitment to my own heart and the perpetual discovery of what the heck that means. Okay. That's good advice for all of us. Yeah. Um, I recommend all of you um, go in and, and look at Carrie's books because um, it goes into more, much more depth, the, the short conversation that we've been having here, but there is so much there to take in and learn from and spread around. We'd all be benefiting from spreading that around. Okay. Uh, what inspires and motivates you to do what you do? And what is your true purpose in the world? Oh my goodness. Well, the purpose one is easy. It's here I am. Like, let's go. And I love that. <laughs> <laughs> honest. That was honest, right? Just boom, right? Yeah, and, and truly, anything uh, anything other than that is just narrowing the scope, because <laughs> there there's so many different ways to share. Whether you're walking through Target and you get a chance to wave hi to somebody, you don't. True, this is literal. You don't know how that's going to ripple through their world. Here, just like with the little horse at the auction. Here I am. Right. right. Hi. No, you're you're exactly right because when we are kind to others. Um, uh, Victor Franco um, said, uh, "Our let's see, our job is to end suffering. Okay, and if we can't end suffering, don't add to it. 
And I try to remember that. It's like when you're literally walking through a target and, and smile at someone instead of like, get out of my way. What a difference, even though you don't know the person, whatever, you know, you haven't done them no harm. You know, like you tried your best to help and you have done them no harm. And so that's a great way to like go around the world, remembering, am I causing harm? We don't want to do that. That's the love part. And yeah, exactly. And that comes back to the, from the heart for the heart. Am I doing that to try to change that person's world? No, I'm doing that because I have that to offer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And this is what I am creating in the world and it is bottomless and endless. So here you go. Ah, what a great gift. All right. Um, of course, one of our, all of our favorites questions, what is your relationship with fear? Oh, that's a good one. Um, at this point, like it's been, it's been a long journey. We've been dancing for a long time, me and fear. Um, the Ooh, relationship like with fear. Yeah. Where, where that relationship stands right now is, um, is gentleness and kindness. So a lot of the time when fear presents itself, Mm -hmm. my thinker is cultivated to come down here and offer the fear. Wow. I hear you. You're having a bad day. I get it. I'm right here. And that just creates space for things to move and change. Okay. Um, the times when fear is super loud and overwhelming, mm-hmm. um, and every once in a while it catches you off guard, right? Yeah. Then, then um, I have full permission to call a friend and just say, "Can I just say these things and and you'll listen?" And my friends understand well enough that that mm-hmm. they will either listen and I'll hear myself and I'll call, I'll speak to it and just say, oh, that's the fear. Got it. Okay. Thank you. I don't oh, try yeah. to well, fix it. I don't run from it. Yeah. Acknowledging it. And then you can work through the sitting with the feeling and instead of having to do something, acknowledging it. And then and, instead of crushing it down well, or, would- or amplifying it. And what I would say is it's for me anyway, it's not even sitting with it. It's acknowledging mm-hmm. it, embracing it and bringing my heart to it. Okay. See, there you go. That's the extra part that really is going to be helpful. That's good. Yeah. I see that. It's from, from the heart or the heart, right? Good. You got to drill that in. It, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, it's not always what comfortable. Did, it's not always no. easy, it, but it's, it, that again goes back to the commitment to my own heart is whatever it is, I want to move from my heart toward my heart and bring that sunshine, bring that light to whatever mm-hmm. might be in a, a, a temporary disharmony. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, what did you want to be as a child and how close did you get to that dream? <laughs> Well, you're an interesting child. I mean, no doubt. So this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, When I was 12, watching my dad in his career, career, and being very unfulfilled and very unhappy, 
I went straight back to that column of light and I said, if I ever have a career, I will, I want it to be something where I'll do whatever it takes, whatever it takes so that I can just be myself and show up and share Mm -hmm. whatever I have. And people will find that valuable enough that my, that I get to live a really wonderful life. So, um, that was what I wanted to be. And I'd say I'm uh, batting a thousand on that. There you go. So (laughs) honesty, honest, you're honest because of, you know, the honest and authentic, authentic. Yeah. What we see is what we get with Carrie Lake. And it's a wonderful thing that we're getting. (laughs) So we're all grateful for that. We're grateful for that. Okay. Um, before we wrap up, uh, cause this has been Oh, I tell you, we're going to, we're going to be talking about this. I'm going to be sharing this and, and, and uh, uh, I should say that all of Carrie's information will be on the, on the website, um, uh, the empathetic-trainer.com, empathetictrainer.com. You'll be able to find all of Carrie's links, uh, you know, for sure. Take a look at her website, look at the programs that she offers, the online programs and the in-person programs and just uh, really cool stuff that you're doing. Um, you. But before we wrap up, um, I wanted to talk to you about, uh, and I think we have a little bit, but giving you the opportunity, um, the value of awareness and presence. If we could take away like the most important thing, would, is that the value of awareness and presence? If you could just want to fill us in on that. Mm, yeah. I think that's a really good, I'm, I'm grasping it as we speak more. So yeah. this helps. Um. Just like you were talking about earlier, how dogs and horses and animals, they know when you're hiding from yourself or you're, you know, trying to put up a front, you know, and and trying to control what others think of you, right? Presence, your presence is communicating before you even arrive. We are, we are designed to share presence and then decorate with language and action and that that to to begin to really explore whether that's actually true that presence is communicating before i even show up might also suggest that your presence is actually the value you bring to anything what quality are you sharing to in this connection? What quality of beingness would you like to bring to this business transaction, to mm-hmm. your podcast, to your mm-hmm. students, to your clients, to your family? Or to the, the animal you're working with. To you the know, animals. Because yeah, you're, the you're animals with. are, yeah, the animals are always sharing, here's how it feels to be me. And then mm-hmm. it gets punctuated and decorated with behavior and oh, other forms really like of how you're putting that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Oh, well, this has been enlightening <laughs> and, and so much fun. You are just a joy and a treasure for all of us. Thank so you. everybody look, look up Carrie Lake. You're not going to be disappointed. <laughs> and um, so grateful um, because our podcast hasn't launched yet. We will be launching, but we, because it's a visual podcast, we're going to, you know, we have some cool footage and things happening. It just takes a little time. The fact that you are so kind and generous to go with an unknown podcast, you know, I have a listener yet, maybe 10 people, you know, whatever. Um, 
grateful, <laughs> gratitude. You know, we're just like, we're just so um, thrilled that you did that for us. And, and I want to thank you for that. And um, I just uh, thank you, Carrie, for everything. Appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thank you for the opportunity to share it because your, your questions are deep and broad and it's just so much fun. Uh, just so thank you for following your hearts and making scones. Like I would definitely have a scone right now if I were there. So thank you for that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Maybe, maybe the universe will work and we will get to meet in person because we do want to take this show on the road eventually. So oh, we so love good. that. Yay. Good, yeah. good, good, good. Well, right. well done. Yay team. Thank you. Thank you.